I was going to wait on the go ahead signal, but since I'm not getting it, I'm just going to start this. Hello and welcome to Amateur Skeptics Podcast, special episode number three. Just me, Brian, here today. And I attended Skepticap this weekend, and I was on a panel, and I did one presentation. My presentation was on the mechanics of astrology. I did not get that recorded, but I did record the panel that I was on. I will be doing the mechanics of astrology podcast again for the Denver Skepticamp that is coming up. So I will make sure to record that next time I do it. Um, but in the meantime, I do have this recording of the panel podcast, Media and uh, Skepticism in the Media. So go ahead and uh, give this a listen, and we will be talking to you again in a week. Thank you very much for listening. This is the panel on, on uh, Skepticism in the Media. We've got a, a few great people here today. Seth Yoder. Could you guys raise your hands when I say your name so everybody knows who you are? Nigel Aves, Matthew Baxter, Brian Bonner, Woo. Brian Walsh, and Brian Heinzler. These are all uh, experts on skepticism uh, in the media. And the whole idea of this is that it's an audience participation thing. We want questions. That's the whole goal here. So you ask them questions, they respond. And uh, let's see how that goes. Does anyone have a question? <laughs> I did introduce them. Well, maybe we should tell them. Oh, what. Let you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah. And say what it is you do. <laughs> what in the wide, wide world of sports do we do? We come as a group, so it's kind of a, a, a toss up here. We met on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let, let's see. We are Brian and Baxter, Rocky Mountain Paranormal, Morning Radio, MIB. The, the list goes on. Uh, we, we've been. We've been uh, in the media so much. We, we've got about a, a incomplete five-page listing of all our media appearances at this point, um, and it's been all fairly ridiculous. And uh, plenty of the, the media knows how to spin things, so you don't come out as skeptical as you'd like to appear. But uh, yeah, feel free to ask us anything. We've been uh, involved in just about everything in that sense. All right, um, I'm Brian from the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Which is just, you know, another podcast for rational, critical thinking. I'm Seth. I started the Leaders in the eponymously named Leaders in Free Thought podcast um, just a few weeks ago, so I'm kind of a kind of a neophyte. Um, but if you have any questions on uh, for someone who has no business starting a podcast uh, starting a podcast, <laughs> ask me ask away. I'm Nigel. I'm an alcoholic. It's the same old faces. Uh, Brian and myself come as a dual team as well. We do the Rational Alchemy radio show. Um, also with Jeff Wag, who's uh, Chicago-based. Um, we're on KRFC 88.9 here. In, I should do that in my radio. We're on KRFC 88.9, a little homegrown radio, right here in Colorado uh, for Collins. Brian, any more? Not really. I think you kind of covered it. I'm Brian Walsh, also uh, one-third of Rational Alchemy. And if anybody asks me, Brian Baxter said that they're 
big parts of the media, Nigel and I, I think, are somewhat less so. Like many good things, our show starts in the bar. We've been on your show. You have. You have, in fact. Uh, for us, basically, it did literally start in the bar. I couldn't shut myself up, and people found that entertaining, and decided to quit. When, when he was drunk, I hastened to act. <laughs> that is the famous episode zero. Yeah. That's <laughs> You know, my podcast started in a living room, not quite as exciting. We might have been drinking, (laughs) but, you know, we we were having discussions about, you know, high fructose corn sugar and, and, uh, and went on and on into different topics. And I finally decided, you know what, we need to, I was already doing another technical podcast and I decided, you know, we need to, need to do this as a podcast, get together as a group and, and have these discussions and uh, let other people in on them. They were so entertaining. Yes. I have a question. You have uh, been a nominee for a local media outlet, but do you think you're doing a good job on covering science? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to ask you when, you, when you say local media, uh, you want to narrow that down to actually the, like the commercial media, like the, the networks and stuff like that, or are you talking about even well, people well, like us? No, not You know, I, I think they're getting farther and farther yeah. away, honestly. Channel 9 tries. I mean, they have, they have put stuff up occasionally on their website that's good, but a lot of times it, they, they start out with some, a good piece and then it dives into you know, something that's ridiculous. We found we really have to fight with them. When uh, they come to us, they, they see the name Rocky Mountain Paranormal Research Society, and they think, ooh, we're going to get a fun story out of this. And uh, then we ruin it for them completely. Um, <laughs> And we, we speak logic. And then we see the broadcast, and it's almost like they've overdubbed us. Uh, and we look like a very bad Chinese movie at that point. Um, it, it is it is kind of sad. But, yeah, they, they'll do just about anything to try to keep that woo spin. Well, and, you know, to add to that, when, when you watch that stuff, particularly when they were talking with Jeff Peckman, you know, Jeff Peckman comes out looking actually pretty good compared to them. So, I mean, so they're definitely slanting the stories. Yeah, it is sad. It's very sad. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm known as the a-hole for when it comes to Jeff Peckman stuff. So, I I compared Jesus Christ to a troll, a bridge troll. So, um, I'm a racist. That didn't, what's that? Yeah, yeah, that's what he needs to be compared to, but. Oh, we had, we had two going. You first, then you next. What draws you guys to do a podcast versus doing something like a weekly uh, letter to the editor or some other general, basically mainstream media? Um, you're, you're talking about a, uh, a little bit more of a, an activism stance right. where we're, we're actually getting out and annoying the hell out of people. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a really good point, and I think it's, it's something that we're all building to. I think that a lot of us start off, you know, getting used to having our voice being heard. And then we start moving a little more towards forcing other people to listen to it, not just the people that want to. Well, on that point, actually, I did start out writing letters to the editor. I'm from New Jersey originally. Both the Star Ledger 
and the Daily Record, which are the local papers, banned me entirely from writing letters to the editor. And rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I had to find another you know, and we've rationalized. Our shows are a little different. We are we are the most unstructured radio show you will ever listen to. Quite often, um, we'll have a little chat, three of us, and uh, we'll say, "What are we going to talk about?" Don't have a clue. Okay, and Brian says, "Right, the record is on." And we and we do our show more as a fireside chat rather than something that is incredibly structured. We also don't limit ourselves to what we say. Um, we just hope that Brian will actually edit it out uh, before it goes on the air. Sometimes. Yeah. Except for the one time we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> We're slightly more structured than that. We actually look for articles that are in the news, um, either pro-science or pseudoscience, to have discussions about. So we start there. So we, we throughout, we, we were bi-weekly. So for two weeks, we build this document of different uh, um different articles and stuff that are in there. So we have this document, and then we just kind of, we go through the document and um, piece by piece and uh, talk about, uh, the, you know, the different things that, that come up as we're doing that. And so we're, we're having a pretty organic discussion, um, but we start from a structured point. I think that's, uh, there, there's kind of a big difference. I like to incorrectly use the terms internet radio compared to podcasting. And I think podcasting is a much more structured type of thing. You go in with an actual plan, you edit it so it all comes out sounding nice. Internet radio I think is a lot more free form, in some cases live, like our show is live. Uh, theirs comes off as being very live and organic in that sense. And uh, I think both of them really have their, their pros. And uh, well, Actually this brings up an interesting point for me because also to answer Jamie's question from before, there aren't a lot of good science resources anywhere available for the public, which is why really I encourage everybody to do a podcast of some kind. That includes everybody in here. Some people worry that their format or their structure might not be good for some listeners, but all of us have an entirely different format. We all have our own sets of listeners with some crossover. If you do something and it's entertaining in any way, people are going to listen to it. And the idea that we have so many different types of formats is a good thing because that's going to engage more people. And the more of us, the more voices we have, the more we can drown out the bad science in the room. One of the cool things about this is that, you know, skeptic camps are supposed to be very local-based uh, type of, of uh, conferences, get-togethers. And, uh, you know, we're all, all local people up here. But the nice thing about the, the Internet is you get to be international instantly. So we, we get to be listened to by very wide audiences. I mean, not, not quite as much as one of the hosts of... Uh, uh, point of inquiry sitting back there, um, but uh, she's kind of got a, a little heavier listenership than the rest of us right now, but it is nice that, that we, we don't have to be viewed as just some local little little operation, you know, people from around the world can tune in and, and make us feel like we're actually making a difference. I started, uh, I started my podcast because I'm so narcissistic, I, I must think that everyone needs to listen to my opinions. And if there were something, <laughs> but uh, the one thing I like about it is the yeah the format of um, the control that you get over editing and putting whatever putting in whatever you want and taking out um, all the ums and the uhs yeah. that I'm I'm doing right now and uh, so you sound uh, slightly more intelligent. <laughs> 
Will this be edited before they hear this? Yeah, no. No, see, and I don't edit much. Um, you know, I, I take out large silences and clicks and noise, but for the most part, I leave it as it is, as our discussion was, as we had it. Which it brings up, you know, the point, you're going to say something stupid, and I did the other day, and we, we got, uh, I got some feedback about it that was, uh, that was really good. So one nice thing about the podcast is, is that people can contact you, it, you know, and tell you, hey, listen, I don't agree with this point, and then you can have a discussion about that, what, you know, about the, the person who gave you the feedback. And that's actually most of the feedback you're going to get if you do a podcast. People don't, tend not to write in to tell you how much they liked it. They write in to tell you how much they hated it. And we get a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no death threats yet. Though. No. No death threats yet. Uh, the, the, the other thing is, is because we're such a loose format show, um, and because of the fireside chat thing, and because we, we're not really, we are topical and we do cover topical issues, but a lot of our stuff is very general. So it wouldn't have mattered if we recorded it two years ago or last week. Um, the technology is out there, just available to everybody. We have all of our shows on the website, and it's interesting, you look, and people are still listening to shows that were done two and a half years ago. Because you see the, the counts go up. Um, I discovered Shoutcast. On Shoutcast now, all of our shows are streamed continually, 24 hours a day, in a random order. I've checked that out. People are listening to those shows. So, you know, it takes a long time to make podcasts successful. It takes a long time to get people listening. But eventually, someone finds you, says, you will not believe what these three jerks are doing. They tell all their friends, and all of a sudden, these three jerks are being listened to by quite a large number of people. It's, it's, it's interesting, and it's world why? And it's very easy. All you need is a microphone, a laptop, and spec. That's how, when he mentioned that one of our yeah. co-hosts in Chicago, we do communication with him over Skype. It sounds as though he's in the room. The technology is very easy. And programs like Skype are free. Audacity is a great editing program, also free. So really, the only expense if you want to do a podcast is the laptop itself, and a cheap Linux laptop would be fine for that. And Web server. And really, that's it. And you're up and running. Larry, you had a question. Ratings. Yeah. I think it's ratings. That people love uh, things that are fantastic. You know, I mean, it's uh, Wu really does fill uh, a very important role in many people's lives. And, and a lot of people need it because it gives a sense of wonder. It gives a sense of possibilities. And uh, people really crave that kind of thing. And understandably so. But uh, you have to really make some personal decisions on where you're going to draw the line 
between possibilities and just utter fantasy um, and being dangerous. Uh, and the media doesn't care. They, they know that people love this, and ratings are what it's all about. And that's, that's my uh, opinion. Ratings and economics, I mean, because a lot of these outlets need to make money. So they need the listeners. They need people coming in to hear what they have to say. So if they're not getting that, you know, then, then they go away. Unlike us, who we can, we, can, we can not be entertaining, right? And we can still continue to do what we want week from week without counting on people coming to listen to us. It's nice. But in a lot of ways, we probably do it anyway. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, but the media doesn't have that um, luxury. That luxury. Exactly. Yeah. The other interesting point has happened. How many of you have seen anti-vaxxers on CNN since Bill Gates stood up? And you have. Mm -hmm. That particular part of Wu is now dying. All because, <laughs> yeah. We fought hard. We fought hard, and it, unfortunately, our voice is small. Bill Gates, billions and billions of dollars. I'm going to spend a billion dollars a year for the next 10 years. We're going to get this problem solved. And all of a sudden, it's a dead issue. Wakefield is no longer mentioned. And have you also noticed, sorry, hold on. Have you also noticed he hasn't filed a lawsuit? And when you read what Bill Gates actually said, that could have been considered libelous if Wakefield is correct. There's no lawsuit. I was just, um, I just got out of a talk, uh, Mike's talk, and it was about um, getting uh, non-scientists, uh, lay people interested in science. And I think it's, although I think personally, and I think probably most people in this room think science is very fascinating and very interesting, um, if a lot of times if you don't have like a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson or something, someone really charismatic and can explain it really, really well, a lot of, uh, of the current science is kind of boring. And then that's why it's kind of dressed up um, in the media with all this woo or there's like, cre they, they create like this pseudo uh, controversy just because it's slightly more interesting than, than just the bare facts. Actually, one other quick point I want to make on that is to why woo is more prevalent than real science. People want the world to seem more interesting than it really is. And I think it's probably a failure of everybody here that we're not communicating as well as we should because the real world is far more interesting than an astrologer would tell you it is. But astrology is easier and more interesting. Science might be a little bit more difficult, but if you go in depth into it, it's far more interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize how interesting it is. They haven't since Cosmos there. But don't you think this is partly um, a barrier of entry? It's much easier to pick up a, uh, a newspaper and read about astrology, read your sun sign, and go, you know, and, and get a little chart reading here and there. Whereas science, you actually have to go out of your way to, to learn something. You have to actually say, well, is that true? And you have to investigate it. And, you, and so even if somebody's telling you something, we're still saying, you, 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 there, you, the onus is partly on you to find out more. Well, in a way, but a great example is the Little Shop of Physics, which is taking part in, or taking place in the other half of the student center, where it's basically a bunch of toys set up for kids. The people who are going there are learning by accident. Okay, but that's a good point. But the problem is, is that science is seen as hard. That is, that is our failure. That happened it? in school because right. you have a science class.
I object. I second that objection. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one little thing about this, you know, with, with uh, sci you know, sci science is looked at as a hard thing because it's a class we have to take. We don't have to take classes in astrology. We don't have to take classes in any woo, uh, you know, in, in school. Uh, but these, these other things are difficult, but they, they fail to make us realize that when we're a little kid and we're playing in that mud puddle, that we cannot resist. That's science. That's discovery. And if we could keep that sense of wonder about science, we could keep the sense of wonder down in the woo, I think. Now, one other little thing I want to touch on is Bill Gates thing. Um, I think that it's, it's great that we have people of that stature that will come out when a lot of the people won't listen to us Sometimes it's people like him that listen to us and then pass on that message that more people get to hear it. So by all means, if any of you are doing podcasts or writing blogs, keep doing it because someone with a big voice may read it and like your idea. You know, one thing in a continuation to that answer is, as an example how the local media is representing themselves, there is a local uh, celebrity being made who is an absolute fraud but in a parody. A wonderful way. Uh, but he is doing it in a very woo way. The media has chosen to look the other way in the fact that he is obviously not for real. And they are promoting him as being real, which is wonderful for him, possibly wonderful for us, mm -hmm. but it really has shown us how much the media is willing to look the other way in order to get the outrageous story. We're, we're talking, of course, with someone by the name of UFO Phil. So if any of you don't know who he is, look him up. He's an absolute joke, and the media is taking him completely seriously. It's beautiful. Uh, it's not, but we, I just got a note from UFO Phil last night that Jeff Peckman has agreed to a public meeting with UFO Phil. So even <laughs> Jeff Peckman believes UFO Phil's rule. So, and we are going to be the ones to drive up in the black vehicle and let UFO Phil off at the, <laughs> at the meeting. It's going to be great. Jim, um, I know, sorry, I know that Jim has been wanting to ask a question for quite some time. Yeah, we got a, a few here. We'll try so to cover them. I, I just want to take issue with your point about the uh, vaccine movement and Bill Gates. I think it's wonderful that Bill Gates is spending the money to get polio. But I think that the vaccine movement, or the anti-vaccine movement, I, was actually hit much more by the fact that nature eventually did the right thing and said we should have never published that article. And that the British True. Medical Board eventually did the right thing and disciplined him for unethical behavior. And I think those things were much more significant and the fact that those things were heavily reported in the British media and the Australian media, not so much in the American media, but in the other English media. And I think that had much more of an effect than Bill Gates. I mean, coincidentally, I don't think what Bill Gates did was bad, but I do believe that the MMR, which in, in this country was the thing everybody was worried about, and like in Germany, everybody was worried. Um, I forget which one, but it was the UKUNS rather than autism. In, in every country, the vaccine did something different. But now that Wakefield has been dis totally discredited by everybody, I mean, realistically, the thing that's really being discredited is nature, because 
the Olympics, the professor. Wasn't that actually the Lancet? It was the Lancet. Lancet. Yes, but it was then republished in Nature. Now okay. Really got into the media. It's who reads the Lancet. <laughs> well, one thing that does, Excellent point. In, in England, I think that retraction had a big effect, but in America, we tend to worship celebrities here. So while all of that got retracted and Wakefield was discredited, in a lot of ways that made the anti-vaccine people and the people who were listening to them, it just reinforced that it was all a conspiracy without doctors. Whereas when somebody like Bill Gates comes in, he's recognized as a celebrity, and then people pay attention to him simply because we can't get complacent I think it was, here. I think it was fairly, fairly symbiotic. I don't know that Bill Gates would have had the impact without the, the well, Wakefield retraction. You know what? The Jenny McCarthy still has a microphone. This is not over. I mean, it, it seems like it may have, it may have died it down a little bit now. With it. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, not, it's, it's not done. It's coming back. They're, all they're going to do is reorganize. And, yeah, and so these things that have, have, have shut it down for a little while – are going to go away. They're going to be forgotten about. And Jenny McCarthy is going to be back on Oprah talking about it, and it's and it's going to be right back in her face again. Can I don't think it's over. squeeze into? Yeah, I just want to give a heads up to the other speakers. If you have to set stuff up, and I'm not going to do it now, we'll do that after five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. I know you had a question, and you had a question, right? So we'll hit those two. Go for it. I just want to make a comment on, you know, who would be that question to go for it. I think a lot of it has to do with You've got individuals who have a profit margin to meet. Therefore, they are inspired and inclined to get into the media. And so you've got all the same whereas I know, or I believe all of you are doing this, as you mentioned before, out of, this is what you want to do. This is the mm -hmm. sort of things that you need on. And I'm just kind of wondering if you have any thoughts about, because I think ultimately, you do have to kind of monetize. You need to find a way to make this stuff, not necessarily like hugely big commercial profitable, but for a few years now, we have been getting approached by different production companies wanting to make a TV show uh, to sort of rival the ghost hunters thing. And they come to us understanding what we do and liking our approach and how we kind of want to do a Mythbusters of the paranormal. And uh, they're, they're the Actual like producers and stuff are great with it. As soon as they, you know, get some uh, pilot ideas and stuff like that, and they get it back to the powers to be to approve, they come back and say, "Well, we need to make some changes." Now all the changes are turning us into ghost hunters um, or paranormal state or one of those. Um, so we've been fighting really hard with trying to get this out, you know, and and make it a business in that sense. Uh, so people will take it seriously. And uh, I think Mythbusters is probably one of the best uh, at, at doing that. They, they really get the message across. And, uh, but that, that's what we're hoping to do. And, and, again, we've got two more production companies wanting to make it happen, so cross your fingers. Mike? Uh, it seems like what we really need is an anti-Glenn Beck. Somebody who can rant for hours without taking a breath. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody on this panel would have a problem with that. <laughs> if you're from television, you probably have to lose a little bit of weight and maybe shave occasionally. But I can do that. I don't think that. I think you'd be fine just the way you are. Yeah, you're beautiful just the way you are. We'll get him on the History Channel where they don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they also don't care about history either. Um, you know, it's an interesting proposition that, you know, I, I – other than, you know, activism around town, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where I would go with it. 
Um, I, I don't know that I'm that person. We need to find that person. Well, you know, uh, Mark Edwards is going to be doing a talk today on guerrilla skepticism, and uh, I think that's going to be a good one to listen to for ideas in that sense. Susan. Um, my question is, is we have, uh, you know, first it's print media, magazines, and then it's all into TV and, and uh, so on. Now it's all on podcasts, and that seems to be a new thing right now is the podcast. And that's fantastic with his teeth and so on. Uh, I'm wondering what else might be coming up if you guys see something else. I feel personally that media and blogs and like that is going to pop off the first show that is a script is a new media source and I'm wondering if you guys have any ideas because we're all podcasts and that's really cool that we we're, we're there but do we see something new? I mean besides television. I think Wikipedia is a great point. You know, I mean almost any time somebody wants to know something, they hit Google and one of those first few hits is Wikipedia and they go right to it. And I think that's a really good point. We need to have our message in Wikipedia. So is there another media form that you see coming up that is it's, it's not coming up, but it's already there. Ustream is actually one of our biggest enemies. And we now need to take advantage of Ustream and not be scared of doing talking head podcasts. And, it, and it's something that, um, I don't know whether I'd be any good at doing it, but um, it's something I would certainly uh, consider doing. I have seen some wonderful, don't get me wrong, wonderful Ustream presentations as an English guy that's got this ability to rant for 20 minutes. He could out-rant Brian, and I've heard one of Brian's 20-minute rants. <laughs> because he does it with such enthusiasm, humor, and, and he's on our side. And he'll go after any topic, and I can't remember the name of the guy, I do apologize. So slowly, we're getting onto Ustream, but if you have a look at the other side of the coin that we fight, we are swamped. Totally swamped. There's people that believe that cell phones can make popcorns explode because of Ustream. Well, and you, YouTube. And YouTube, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. YouTube is a great one. Yeah. Well, we, I think what we really need to do is just keep embracing the newest of the technology. When it comes to media that people want to consume, it's still written, audio, or video. It's just that people now don't need to wait for something to come on to watch it. They can consume it as they want. So it's really that we just have to be able to do on-demand instead of having something that turns the news on at a specific time. As long as we keep up with that and keep exactly. swapping exactly those it's, things. Yeah, like it's the YouTube on-demand type thing. We'll try. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? He's <laughs> <It's> amazing. The <laughs> <laughs> bastard! <laughs> As popular as podcasts are, and as many of them, many as there are out there, I don't even think it's even come close to reaching its saturation point yet. I still think there's like a huge room to grow. It's, yeah, it's a question of making it easier for people to get, uh, you know, making it more available. What? I'm afraid I have to cut you guys off for time. We don't have time for your question. If you guys want to, <laughs> hey, you guys want to plug where we can find you? Start out with it. We're at com. And if anybody had any other questions, I don't know about everybody else, but I'll be at the after party at the Wild Boar, and I don't think there's anybody else who might want to come on. It's that drink heaven. Well, that. Yeah. 
I've got a... Hold on, hold on. Oh. I'm going to plug KRFC 88.9 here in town. Uh, the show goes out live every Saturday at 11 o'clock in the evening. Saturday evenings. I've got a WordPress blog, leadersandfreethought.wordpress.com. It's pretty crude, but it works. I'm at amateurskeptics.com, and later I'll be doing a, a talk on, uh, on astrology and the complexity of it that they completely miss. <laughs> you can find us at RockyMountainParanormal.com or WarningRadio.info, and we do our live little thing every uh, Monday evening at seven. But uh, and we're going to be doing a talk in here after lunch. So. That's it. Thank you, guys.